Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, April 18th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all, and it's going to go fast. We've got a lot going on today. We are going to do an hour. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything at all you want to talk about, I would jump in right now. I've got some things I'll open with, but really, I'm just looking for your phone calls today. Is a free-for-all, and it's all about what you want to talk about, so pick up the phone and join us. The number, 855-950-3835. If you dial right now, I promise you get you'll get through. Uh, I won't be going long today, so get the calls in as quick as possible, and I'll try to get to as many of them as I can. I'm also taking questions on both of the tribe sites, so truckingtribe.com. There's a post right up at the top. You can put questions in there. I'll try to get to them, and also on healthytribe.com as well. You can post your questions there. Uh, I've got some things. I do have a couple questions that already came in this morning we'll talk about. Let's see. Where do I want to start today? Uh, Let's talk about taxes a little bit. this is going to be a really, really interesting tax season in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm wondering if there are any owner-operators who have gotten their tax return done already. I'd love to hear your results. Um, revenues were way up last year. Profit was way up last year. And that could come as a big surprise for people when they have to pay their taxes. That is the downside of being profitable. But that's the whole point of being in business is to be profitable. Uh, The more profitable you are, the more tax you're going to pay. That's just how it works. Now, one of the worst case scenarios, and I think we're going to see a lot of this this year. So we are filing the 2021 tax return, which was a great year. 2020, other than the, you know, in the middle when we shut things down, but even even for truck drivers, that really didn't slow things down much. I'm worried about people who bought trucks probably in 2018 when rates got so strong, or maybe they got into the industry in 2019, 2020, 2021, um, those are going to be tough years for people. One, it's always a shock in your first year when you've got to pay all of that self-employment tax and you're not used to it. That's a problem. And people who have never paid their own tax are unaware of how much tax they could potentially be paying. Let me just give you an example. We know that it was not that unusual this year in 2021 for owner-operators to net $100,000. Matt did over $200,000. That's net profit. So first off, 
you're, if, if you have that much in profit, that's bottom line Schedule C. Now, that's after per diem. That's after depreciation, if you have any. That's after everything we can write off the business. If you still had 100000 in tax, you're going to be paying almost 16000 just in self-employment tax. That one's easy to calculate because it's the same for everybody. It's basically 15.65%, I think, of your profit. Comes right off the top. You you can't, doesn't matter if you have 37 kids and 10 rental properties and all kinds of other crazy stuff. You could have had a loss, loss on all of your investments. You could have given away $20,000 to charity. None of that matters. None of that affects your self-employment tax. Your self-employment tax is the your Social Security and Medicare. When you're an employee, you pay half, and your employer pays half, and your half gets taken out of your check just like your income taxes, so you don't even realize you're paying it. Not so when you become self-employed. When you become self-employed, now you have to pay both halves, so again, 15.65% right off the top, which would mean um, Matt would have paid potentially $30,000, except there is a cap on Social Security. Um, I haven't looked at it in a couple of years because we almost never exceed it. My guess is, oh, if I had to guess without looking, it's probably somewhere between a hundred and two hundred thousand and $200,000 in profit that they cut off the... Social Security part of it, but the Medicare part keeps going. So if you made more than roughly 115000 then the calculation gets uh, a little more complicated. You have to drop the Social Security part out of there. You keep paying the Medicare part forever. Now, that does not include your income tax. So I just roughly, as an average, try to figure another 15% because if you are in the profit range of 100000 well, you're first going to pay tax at 10%. Then when you exceed that, you go to 50, maybe 12, then 15. Uh, you could up and, uh, end up into the uh, high 30s technically. Um, but for the most part, by the time we calculate in children and mortgages and real estate tax and charitable contributions and other things you're allowed to deduct on the personal side, most owner-operators that hit that 100000 mark are probably going to pay an effective tax of about 15%, um, which means now on your $100,000 of profit, the government's going to get 30000 of it. And if you haven't been paying quarterlies, that's cash you've got to come up with. Or you go on a payment plan and they start hitting you with interest and penalties and that can really, uh, that can really start to add up quick as well. Again, worst case scenario is somebody that bought their truck in 2018 or 2019 uh, if let's say you bought it in 2018, you got a half a year of depreciation then. 
2019, you'd get a full year of depreciation. 2020, you'd get a full year of depreciation. And in 2018, you'd get a half a year. Probably not a whole lot of depreciation. Now, if you bought your truck in 2018, you... 19, 20, 21, this is your last year. If you happen to buy it in 2017, you're just out completely. And a lot of owner-operators, new owner-operators, don't realize that the reason their tax was so low in the first year or two is because their tax preparer took a lot of depreciation up front. In the first year you buy a truck, you get to choose how much depreciation you want to take. And many tax preparers will take as much tax as they need to take to get your tax return down to zero. Now, some of them try to explain this, and many of them don't. They just don't even bother to try to explain it because it's hard for a lot of people to understand. Our tax code is complicated. Most people don't understand it. And you've got a lot going on right then. And all you really care about is uh, how low is my tax bill or how much do I owe? And if your tax preparer says, oh, well, you don't owe anything. You think he's a superhero. um, But you may not realize that the only reason you didn't pay anything is because you had such big depreciation. Per diem helps, um, but we're looking at at numbers in profit that I think we're going to have a major issue with taxes and owner-operators. Now, to amplify that problem, the money's due right now. I hope you have it. Um, It doesn't matter if you filed an extension or not. The extension is only an extension of time to pay your tax, or to file your tax. I'm sorry, it is not an extension of time to pay your tax. The tax is due in full on April, I guess this year, April 18th today. Uh, I'm not sure why we extended it when it was on a Friday, but maybe it was because it was a holiday on a Friday. So today is the day. All the taxes due. If you file an extension, you should come up with a reasonably good estimate of how much you owe and send a check in with the extension. Any tax that is still due as of midnight tonight starts collecting interest and penalties. There are late payment penalties and interest. And We are looking at a triple whammy if you can't pay your taxes this year. Here's what it is. You owe a bunch of tax. Interest rates are going up. Mortgages are almost at 6% already. That happened fast. And the interest rate the IRS charges is tied to the Fed rate. And the Fed rate's going up. That means if you don't have the money to pay your tax you're going to be paying interest and penalties and the interest is going to keep going up for the foreseeable future. I would expect that we will not see low interest rates again for maybe three or four years. It's really hard to say, but there's no doubt they're on their way up. And the Fed has signaled that they were going to raise rates, God, what did I see once, 11 times? 
over the next couple of years. They've got to get inflation under control, which means they they really need to get the Fed interest rate above the inflation rate. So, do a little math. The inflation rate is at 8.5%. It will probably go up when we get the numbers out for... Uh, did we get the numbers for March? I think we did. So, April looks like it's going to get even worse which means the feds are going to have to keep raising that interest rate. So you may want to consider if you owe a big tax and you don't have the money, instead of a payment plan with the IRS, you may want to look around and see if you can raise the money some other way with a better, more stable interest rate. Like if you could lock in a home equity line of credit to pay that tax, that would be a good idea. If you can borrow on your signature, a personal or business loan, something where you could at least lock in the interest rate um, while you're paying this. And also, I will tell you, you need to pay this tax as aggressively as you possibly can. You may have to sell stuff, you may have to give stuff up, but if you get caught with a big tax bill right now, with rates dropping, fuel prices going up, the economy tanking, it's not going to be a good time. This is going to be a tough enough time to get through already without worrying about taxes. All right, um, not seeing any calls. Where is everybody this morning? Uh, I can do the whole show by myself if I need to. I've got plenty to talk about, but I'd rather find out what's on your mind so if you want to jump in it is a free-for-all anything goes you can join us right now by picking up the phone and dialing 855-950-3835 so if you did not get your tax return completed and you filed an extension, what you really need to do now is get that tax return finished so you know what you owe and you can get started paying on it. Um, We have a great way of doing it. Won't cost you anything and it will help you get your numbers together quickly and easily. And I'm going to tell you how to do it. So if you don't have your numbers together, you just have a bunch of receipts, invoices, settlement sheets, however you get paid, if that's all that you've got, then the easiest, quickest way to do this is to sign up for a free account at Profit Gages, which you can find at Let'sTruck.com. It's a trial. It's a 30-day trial, but you have full access to all the features of the program. Now, I would not put things in one month at a time at this point. Unless you've just got time and you really want to see how your business did last year and each month, you could. It takes uh, probably take you a good solid day to get an entire year into the system. Uh, You could probably do it in a weekend and if you took your time or or 
you can just add up all of your receipts, all of your income, whether it's from settlements or invoices, and make one entry in December, if you want, in the program. And then you'll get your totals for the year. Um, You'll get a tax report, which is a simple one-page tax report. Very simple, designed just like the Schedule C on the tax return. Every accountant that's ever seen it loves it. And it even explains the two issues right on your tax report. We explain the two issues that usually mess up most tax preparers when they do owner-operators. And those two issues are depreciation and per diem. We explain them both very clearly on your tax report. So even if you get a tax preparer who just doesn't understand the trucking industry at all, they should at least look at that report and go, oh, eh, wait a minute, I didn't know that. And they hopefully either go research it or they ask somebody and find out how to handle depreciation and per diem correctly. Here are the problems. Per diem has two distinctly different per diem systems. We have one per diem system that applies to everybody else. And then we have a per diem system that applies to anybody who is subject to DOT hours of service. So truck drivers, pilots, ship captains, anybody that's subject to DOT hours of service has its own system. And it's much more beneficial That's the thing. If you have somebody and they do your per diem using the standard per diem system, you actually lose quite a bit. So we don't want to do that. You want to make sure that you get this done correctly. uh, And that's why we report and we explain the per diem system for DOT hours of service right on the tax report. And then the problem that occurs with um, the equipment depreciation is that if you go look up truck and how it's depreciated in the IRS table, it will say it's five years. And we see this mistake over and over. And we want to depreciate our equipment as fast as we can. We don't want to take more time. If you know that you're supposed to look in that chart and find something called a highway tractor, that's what you drive according to the IRS. A highway tractor is depreciated in three years. We also explain that on the the tax report as well. So you can sign up for a free trial. Gives you 30 days. Really only need one day to put all that information in. You don't even have to print out that tax report. You can email it right from the program, right to your tax preparer. So head on over there. Let'sTruck.com, and you are looking for the uh, trial for profit gauges. All right, a bunch of phone calls just rolled in. So I have a bunch of other stuff, but uh, today's all about you. So we're going to get to the phones and find out what's on your mind. Tim, welcome to the program. All right, good morning, Kevin. I sent an oil sample in. And uh, I was wondering if you could take a look at it and see if you thought anything about it. 
All right, let's see. Would this be uh, Freightgenics? Yes. Okay, let me see. I've got it here. So we are looking at... Uh, it says it's a Volvo. doesn't tell me what engine's in it. Uh, D13. It's a D13. What year? 2013. Okay. Uh, looks like we've got 854,000 miles on the engine and 22,000 on the oil. Does that sound right? That's right. Okay. So, all of that stuff, are you looking at the report? Uh, yes. Okay. So on the top line, under the multi-source metals and the additive metals, you have three things flagged in green, moly, magnesium, and phosphorus. Uh, you can just ignore right. ignore those completely. I wish they would just take this okay. sec section off the report. Okay. In all the years I've been doing oil sample analysis, I never, ever use this section. All it's telling us, okay. all, all of those things you see up there, boron, lithium, manganese, moly, titanium, those are all part of the additive package. But I've seen those things okay. all over the board. I mean, we've tested one new gallon of oil from one place, one gallon from another place, exact same brand, same everything, and those numbers come out way different. Mm -hmm. And th okay. they just don't matter. Like, you know, you're showing molly in your oil. Some some oils don't even have molly. They don't use that as an additive okay. package. Same with titanium. Uh, you have zero, but there are oils on the market that actually put titanium in their additive package. So we can ignore those. Okay. Your fuel dilution, All right. All which right. has been consistent, uh, is still way too low for us to even worry about. Uh, you're at 2.7. Okay. We don't recommend doing anything with injectors until that number gets over 4. And, and I doubt that you have any okay. kind of an issue at all. It's just that the uh, the lab test that OPS uses now is really, really sensitive to fuel dilution. Um, do you have a straight 1540 in this? Yes, yeah, straight 1540. And I use... Um I don't use the catalyst, but I use the diesel clean. I don't know if that makes any difference. It, you know, it, the, it shouldn't. Uh, now, there is one little okay. anomaly here that, that makes me wonder. Um, if, okay. we, if we go back to that first sample that's on here, the June 2021, were you using uh -huh. a 1540 oil back then? Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. So... Something is odd, and I've been seeing a lot of this lately. I'm gonna, I think I'm actually going to make a note and call the lab and see if something as weird is going on. We keep finding trucks where the viscosity drops on the oil, and there doesn't seem to be any uh -huh. reason for it. Like your viscosity back on yeah. that one was 11.3. Now, that's, a, that, yeah. that's yeah. a number we would only expect to see with a 30-weight full synthetic. So, is it possible okay. that somebody put um, the put a, put an oil in your engine that you didn't know about? Is it possible somebody put a thirty weight in it? Sure. Okay. Yeah, it's absolutely possible. Yeah. Okay, that may have happened yep. again. I You're, mean, I don't. Yeah. 
your viscosity. I don't stand there and stare at them when they're putting oil in. Yeah, exactly. And even if you do, sometimes with the guns, you can't tell what they're doing or where the oil's coming from. And if sure. they're not paying attention and they forget to change. So you had that 11.3. There was no fuel dilution, so that wouldn't have explained it. Your next two samples were exactly where we expected them, 13.5, 13.9. Now you've dropped down back down to 12.8 again. It could be a little bit of fuel dilution. We, we may actually have a little bit of fuel dilution in there, but nothing that we would change this oil. This oil is fine. If you changed it, fine. But if it's still in there, just leave it in there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, there, this how is, long should I – how long would I, would I keep the oil in – from this point, would you think? Until the sample or, tells us that we don't want it in our engine anymore. Oh, right, right. You're right. Um, when would I test it again, then? When would be a 25,000. Yeah, you, you can just go oh, okay, the, the, the normal 25,000 like we talk about with these. Um, this is actually okay. a really, really good sample. I mean, there, there's... There's okay. nothing other than that little bit of viscosity drop, but your base holds up really well. There's no oxidation. Your wear metals are nice and low. Your silicon's low. It's just a, a really good sample. Okay, good. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, okay. All right, well, I'll do it again in another 25,000, and I'll see what happens. Perfect. Sounds good. Uh, give me a call Thank back, you. and we'll take a look at the next one. Let's... Uh, Let's go to Wyoming. Joe, welcome to the program. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it, buddy. What's on your mind today? Um, I've got a, I've got a, kind of torn on some things. I'm trying to figure out the best solution. I, I'm a company driver, and I was looking into possibly going owner-op, but it's not looking good to go owner-op right now. Uh, that I may mean, be the that may be the understatement of uh, of the year. I can tell you, in thirty five years, I've been through many many cycles of the economy and trucking and rates and fuel prices. You know, I've I've paid seventy some cents a gallon for fuel. Uh, now we're paying five dollars and seventy cents a gallon sometimes for fuel. Yeah, um, <laughs> rates are dropping like a rock um i don't know that i've ever seen rates drop this fast now they were clearly at record highs um but not any longer i mean and based on everything i'm seeing in the economy i'm not confident that we're going to turn this around um much of the reason for all of our economic problems right now came from all of the government spending they're not slowing down at all. Um, our fuel prices are because they stopped pumping oil here, and they're not going to start. That If you saw over the weekend the news that the government's going to open up leases, that's bullshit. They are opening up a tiny, tiny amount of leases. It's not going to change anything. Uh, just like they said, they'd open up the strate strategic reserves, a million barrels a day, that did nothing. Uh, prices came down for a day or two, and they're right back up. Until the, our government gets really aggressive about producing oil, which I just don't think this administration is going to do, we're going to deal with high fuel prices. It's going to crash the economy, which means rates are going to come back down. I, I just can't find any good news. 
in the economy or rates or fuel prices. And I, I just can't imagine. A, and equipment prices are still through the roof. So I, yeah. I think this is the worst time to start. But it's not a bad time to start putting your plan together and get, get if you got your plan 100% done, you know what kind of truck you want to go find, you know whether you're going to lease to a carrier, get your own authority, you've got everything worked out, then you just sit and wait. And I don't think it's going to take that long. I think within a year, we're going to see, I, I've said many, many times over the years, I would rather start my business at the bottom of an economy rather than at the top. And here's why. Let's say you were to start it right now where we could still kind of sort of say we're at the top. Rates are still strong. Um, But if you were to start now, how do we know if your business model would survive the bottom or not? We don't. We don't know what the bottom is going to look like yet. So if we wait till the bottom, and we usually know when we're at the bottom, just like we knew when we're at the top, when we know if we're at the bottom, then we can look at your your model and we can say, okay, you know, the average rate is X. Maybe it, you know, maybe we get down to that dollar eighty, dollar ninety a mile freight again. That could happen. Um, we know what fuel prices will be. We know what your truck's going to cost, and we could look at it and say, you know what, you're not going to get rich owning a truck right now but the model works the numbers work so let's get into business at the bottom knowing that we can survive then it's all uphill from there it's all it's all good news from there on how long we'll stay at the bottom nobody knows it's too early to predict that but i i would have to say unless you inherit a truck from somebody or you just find some really, really good deal on a truck. There's a couple out there on older trucks I've seen. But otherwise, I, I would just think this is a horrible time to make that move. That's what I was thinking also. But I'm like, I was torn on it because, you know, you always want to go up. Yeah, well, you know, well, let, let's go back to, to the idea of, you know, when, when people jumped into the market in the last couple of years, Nobody did it right. I was watching them. They just they just kept seeing these high rates over and over and over on social media, and they thought, oh, I'm going to buy a truck. So they just run out. They buy a truck. They don't plan anything. They don't think it through. They don't run any numbers. Those guys are going to be out of business in the next six months. But starting now, if you just say, I'm going to be an owner-operator, it's my next move, let me start working on it take my course online, start reading every business book you can get your hands on, listen to them while you're driving, start getting, my book will walk you through writing out your whole business plan, getting all your numbers together. So really, I think that your timing is actually good because you're not going to be in any big hurry right now. What's the hurry? Truck prices are high, fuel prices are high, rates are coming down. Why not take the next six months and just get as ready as you could possibly be? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's a great time. I very much appreciate it. Yeah, I think it's a great time if you just take your time you, there's no pressure. You've got lots of time to plan and prepare and get ready. And then you can just sit there ready to go. And, hell, call me every week, and I'll tell you whether it's time to pull the trigger or not. 
Yes, sir. I very much appreciate it, Kevin. Thank you very much, buddy. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. There are going to be lots and lots of owner-operator opportunities. I know it. There always is when we come out of these things. We're going to watch a lot of people crash and burn over the next six months to a year, and then there's going to be opportunities to get in. Like I said, I think it makes more sense to get in at the bottom than the top. Let's go to Idaho. RJ, welcome to the program. Very good morning. I had a tax question. Um, hearing you talk this year just a little bit ago about it. I've been schlepping around a tax bill from about four years ago. And I still, I don't know, I think I owe around 16 on it still. And then I got next year, last year's coming up. And so I've been pretty concerned about it. You just kind of stoked the fire on me. And I'm wondering, should I tackle that old one? And I could probably get it taken care of if I do minimum payments on things and stuff. Um, probably uh, three months. And then worry about last year's or yes. or just try and concentrate on catching up on last year. Do the, do the old no. one first. Always do the old one first. And, and here's why. They'll come okay. after. The older that tax bill gets, the more aggressive they will get at coming after you for it. So at some point, you'll be busting your ass to pay this tax bill and they'll they'll put a levy or a lien on your bank account. Uh, for the old one, so the, this. Okay, I'm making I'm making payments on the old one right now, but yeah, don't but worry you, about that. Just pay it off. Just pay it off. Pay it off, and then oh, you you no. you may have to start making payments on this year's. But you'll buy yourself a lot of time. I mean, technically, oh, here's here's what I tell people: if you file, if if you go get your tax return prepared for last year, and let's say you owe another twenty thousand, who knows? Um, pay off the sixteen. When you get your tax return finished, um, you could look at whether you, you want to file it or not, or whether you want to. And and there could be some late filing penalties, but your extension will take you into October. So definitely don't file the actual tax return until October, because until you file it, they don't know that you owe them any money. And the longer we can hold right. that off, the the better it is. So get the old one paid off. Don't file your, your get your tax return done as soon as you can. So you know the number, but don't file it till your extensions run out. And then you could, and in the meantime, if you get the 16000 paid and you can start paying something towards this one, you can send them a check anytime you want. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I need to get this part of my life in order and uh, be a little it, bit better on it's, uh, Uncle Sam. You know, I, I've been there. Um, my first year as an owner-operator, I, I was shocked when I found out I owed $12,000 in tax and I didn't have any money. Uh, so I had to go on a payment plan. And then later on, I found somebody that knew more about owner-operator taxes, and I got it down to 6000 And then I actually learned how to do my own taxes, and I went back and got it down to 4000 uh, but still had to make payments on it. Uh, I've been behind on taxes a couple times in my career. It, uh, 
It happens um, when we're self-employed. It can be tough, but you're right. Get it under control. You sleep better. You feel better. You can run your business better. It's just one of those things that it's easy to put off because they don't bother us, but you'll you'll feel much better if you just buckle down and tackle it once and for all. All right. All right. Hey, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. All right. Not sure what happened. We had a ton of calls there. Um, we've just cleared a bunch of phone lines, so if you want to jump in right now, you can. I've got some other things I could talk about today, but I've still got some time. The last 15 minutes here is going to go quick, so dial us up and join us. It's a free-for-all, 855-950-3835. We're going to go to Florida this time. Randall, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Kevin. How are you doing? Doing good. What's on your mind today? Hey, pleasure to talk to you. Um, I've been driving for a uh, mega carrier for about a year, and I'm thinking about buying the uh, truck I'm driving, if they'll allow me. Um, I have a simple question. Would it be beneficial to have deep cycle batteries instead of regular batteries on the truck? Um, The reason I ask is because we have a 3,000-watt inverter in the truck, and about 15 minutes into its operation, it just beeps and goes off. Yeah, so lead-acid batteries like we put in trucks are designed to start trucks. They're not much good at anything else. They, they, you can't really discharge them very far. Uh, if you discharge a lead-acid battery more than halfway down, um, you've got a, you're going to have a problem. Uh, and, and that's what's happening today in these trucks. These trucks have so many hotel loads that um, we're constantly discharging these lead-acid batteries. And most people are finding they're only lasting a year. So if you go to deep cycle, you want to make sure you still have a reasonably good cold cranking amp. Uh, most deep cycle batteries, you can get, okay. you know, a thousand cold cranking amps, which is usually enough. But they, you can discharge those down to about uh, 20% of their capacity. Uh, so meaning you can use 80% of the capacity and they'll recharge over and over and over just fine. So I, I'm I'm almost wondering oh, okay. why the industry hasn't switched to deep cycle batteries from the factory. They really need to. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, we've got a, a camera that's on all the time. Our ELD is on all the time. The fridge is on all the time. And it's just, uh, I can barely make it through a reset without the truck uh, doing a hard crank. Exactly. And even going down the road, I mean, we have, there's so many computers and electronics and lights and, you know, we are charging devices and laptops and phones and TVs and microwaves, stuff that never used to be in trucks. Um, And yet we're still using, you know, 75 year old battery technology. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. So you, you will cool. be much, much, much happier with uh, with a good deep cycle battery. All right. Well, when I get to the point in about six months or so where I'm ready to buy the truck I'm driving, um, which I like, it's a pre-COVID truck, um, I'm going to make sure I get the deep cycles put in. And I appreciate it. Thank good. you, Kevin. You're welcome. Uh, and that's an awesome way to buy a truck to get a six-month test drive on it. I love that. Uh, let's go to... Kentucky this time. Brad, welcome to the program. 
Hey, how's it going, Kevin? Good. What's on your mind today? Uh, I've got a truck. I, I leased it to a third-party uh, leasing company back at the end of 2018. And the lease is going to be coming up at the end of the year. And I've got a balloon payment on the end of it. And I'm trying to... I'm leased to a large carrier and mainly haul dedicated freight most of the time. And I'm trying to figure out whether I'm getting ready to get my inheritance from my mother's passing. And I don't know if I should try to get my lease paid off and get a loan for the balloon payment as quickly as possible or ride the 40-something weeks out until the lease is up and then just pay the truck off completely and have no balloon payment. Okay, so there's a couple things to go through here. How much is the inheritance, do you know? I'm not 100% sure yet, but I'm thinking it's somewhere around twenty-five to 30000 Okay, let's call it twenty-five, and... If you were to try to pay off the entire lease today, including the balloon payment, how much would that be? Ninety thousand. Ninety. Or just under ninety. Ninety thousand. Wow. Um, yes, which I, which I mean, I've got over, I've got over twenty thousand in my maintenance account, and I've got an additional eight thousand that I've got in the account or whatever you want to call it in case I went over mileage, which okay. I'm not over mileage, but okay. I've got that money as so, well. So we're we're just we're still doing some math problems. If you were to continue the lease until the end, how much is your balloon payment going to be then? It's supposed to be fifty two thousand, but I can take from the maintenance account. And I can, obviously that eight thousand. I'm still well. No, I off, yeah yeah. I, just, well. I, I'm doing all the math here, and I'm keeping track of all that. So fifty two thousand will be your buyout. Yes, which is about what you've got right now, plus the your inheritance that came out to fifty three thousand, plus. It, you've you've done a good job of putting twenty thousand aside in maintenance, eight thousand aside in the excess mileage. I would assume that will continue somewhat. Uh, so it sounds like if you continue on, you'll be able to make that balloon payment at the end when you need to, and the truck will be yours, and we won't have to borrow any money. Does that sound right? Yes. Then I would wait. I would wait, and I, I would preserve your cash right now. Now, there there's there are two dangers we're looking at here. You said it was a big carrier. Do you mind saying who it was or is? Oh, yeah, ain't no problem. I, yeah, QS Express. Okay, and here's the reason. Um, I don't worry too much about these big carriers not fulfilling their end of the lease. What I mean is there have been small carriers. I've got lots of stories where... The, the driver's making his payments on the lease the whole time, 
and when he finishes his lease, he thinks he's going to get a title, but the carrier never paid off the truck, and they can't give him a title. I've seen people lose their trucks after they've paid them off completely. I don't really worry about that too much with big carriers. I, I, I've never seen it happen with the big carrier. It's possible, but it's not very likely. So we that that was one danger that as long as your name is not on that title, you may not get that truck. That That is a possibility. Given your situation, I don't think it's much of a possibility, but we just have to think that that's out there. Um, once your name is on that title at yours, nobody can take it away from you. But until you complete the lease and get a title in your name, that possibility is always out there. But here's the thing I'm worried about more than that. I'm worried about a really difficult economy where you may need this cash. So I would rather, there's so many unknowns about rates and fuel prices in the economy right now, that I would rather sit on the cash as an emergency backup instead. Right, and see, that's because the truck's leased through uh, Transport Enterprise Leasing, and it's just leased on to U.S. Express, and that's the reason I don't, like, I assume that their financials is good, but you don't know unless you're able to. You could try to do some digging. I'm not sure how far you would get on that, but uh, you're right. We do want to know that whoever owns this truck is paying for it so that it will have a free and clear title when you get to the end so there is some risk there there's always risk in a lease like this because you are not the legal owner of that vehicle so that that's one risk we have to weigh but i think the bigger risk right now is our economy and rates and fuel prices so i think i'd I'd rather i'd rather sit on the cash right now Right. Well, that's the reason why, because I've been debating this for like two or three weeks, and it's like, man, I really don't know which direction to go. And, like, I was looking to actually pull the lease from U.S. Express and take it over to a small carrier. I know the owner, and we're really good friends, and I could get a better percentage of the line haul. But it's like, man, these rates are getting ready to tank, and at least I know right now we got contracted freight, so those contracts ain't going to change, right? Even right. through the bad economy. Yeah, it it's it. You know, we and I'm just going to speak generally now because this isn't always true across the board. But most big carriers became big carriers for a reason. They usually know how to manage their way through these kinds of problems. U.S. Express has been through multiple downturns in the economy. They've been through low rates and high fuel prices. I expect they'll manage it just like they have in the past, and they'll still be around. And they'll, you know, they they've probably got good relationships with a good shipper base where they're not going to get totally hammered on their rates. Small carriers now are are definitely more risky to be with that they may not know how to manage their way through and through a, a cycle like this right which i mean i know he i know him personally he does he's got 40 plus years and he had to go through it no way 
but just and I mean I've got his expertise to say yeah this is you gotta watch this and that but and I mean he's he even telling me he goes man because these race gets really bad you know I'd have to change my percentage and give you more just to make it because right Right. It, it won't do so, me no good to make money off of if you're going out of business, but I still think it'd be better to wait until we get to the bottom. I think he's giving you good advice. I, I would agree with that. And, and I've been saying for a while now, pay down debt, save cash. Uh, if you can do both, if you can't do both, I've actually said just save cash. Let, let your payments keep going. Don't try to pay stuff off saving cash so i should probably say it save cash and pay down debt if you can um you're you're doing that already i would just kind of hold the course i've said many times this is not a good time to be making big decisions oh i I agree with you and i think i think this downturn is going to be worse than any downturn we've seen in the history of trucking because there's a lot of owner-operators who's gotten into the business that has never had to go through a downturn with an e-log book, and so they can no longer run illegal to make up the difference to try to make the money they need to survive. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, the pattern has been, if I look back through all the downturns I've been in in trucking, everyone's gotten worse. And the last one was the worst we've been through so far, but it looks like this one will top that. So, uh, again, I think you're on the right track. You've done a good job of saving cash. Uh, I think I would just hold the course right now uh, and not do anything drastic. Let's go to Arizona. Stephen, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hey, I got the OPS on my truck, and Right now, there's no green light on the window on the glass thing up top. And just recently, I had an antifreeze leak, and maybe some antifreeze got on that. Is it would that system have gotten ruined by that, or because the fuse still looks good? Yeah, there's a couple things that can happen. The heating element itself can fail. That's fairly rare. Um, the light itself could burn out. Or we could just have a broken wire. If you either have a 12-volt test light or a multimeter, the first thing would be to test and see if you have power there at the unit. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that first. Check that out. Yeah, sometimes you can also um, turn. It should be wired, so when you turn the key to the accessory position, I think that's when you should get power to the unit. And without starting the engine, you can usually feel the top to see if it gets warm to know if your heating element's coming on or not. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I guess I've never felt it to see that. So, yeah, I'll try that, too. Yeah, if you feel it when the engine's running, it's too hard to tell because it's going to be warm. But uh, if you just turn it on to the, the key to the on position, it should put power to it. Then you could check for power. And if you've got heat and power but no light, then the light's just out. Okay. If you've got no heat and no power at the unit, then you start tracking backwards to see where you lost power. Okay. 
I'll check it out. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. All right. Uh, I've got a little bit of time left, and I think I've got some questions coming in from the website. I had some other things I wanted to talk about, but uh, I think I'll see what we've got here for questions and make sure I answer these before I've got to get out of here. Let's see. Uh, From Karen, if you are receiving Social Security retirement, does per diem pay count as income earned? Oh boy, I better think through this one carefully. I was about to say no, it doesn't because it's not income. It's a reimbursement. So the way per diem really works is they're not paying you per diem. They're reimbursing you for your meals on the road. So reimbursements are not earned income. Uh, Let's see. From Jeremy. Any experience with mixing in the Lona Life collagen with your half and half for flavor before making the yogurt? Uh, No. I don't think I've thought about putting collagen in the yogurt. I don't like... I don't like thickeners and that kind of stuff in my yogurt, so I, I wouldn't try that, but I don't see why you couldn't. Uh, and then Jeremy says, a large pinch of Cardio Miracle mixed into the yogurt is excellent. I'll bet it would be. I never thought about that. That's another way of getting your Cardio Miracle in for the day. Mix some uh, mix some in with your yogurt and eat it. I'll bet that would work good. Uh, let's see. From John, so how is the Starlink working, and are you in Virginia this morning, and is the Starlink working for you since you've changed location? Um, I'm not in Virginia this morning. That's another long story I may tell later this week. We'll see. Um, I'm actually in Bruce's office again, um, doing my show from the studio I built Bruce here in the office. But the Starlink is working fantastic. I have moved many, many times. Uh, I used it in Ohio. I've used it in Pennsylvania. I was uh, over in Somerset this weekend, and I used it there. I've moved many times. Now, I noticed something new on the app. When I plug in now and I go to check my app to make sure everything's working, I do see a message that says, you're out of your service area and you may see slower speeds when the network traffic gets heavy. But I've never had an issue. I mean, I can watch TV all day long. It's, uh, it works better than any other Internet I've ever had. I did have an issue where I, uh, I must have... It looked like I was chewing on the end of one of my cables, the metal end, and I couldn't get it to go back in. I had to get a new cable. But I think that was user error. I think that was probably my fault. Now I'm being much more careful with those uh, connector ends. They're a little fragile, and they're kind of difficult to get into the satellite. You can't see it. Um, But other than that, absolutely love it. It's been working fantastic. Even in times where there's a lot of trees and I can only find a little hole, it still actually works pretty good, even if it's blocked a little bit. All right, uh, let's see. From Sonia. Rates. Bid packages are flying these days. Winning the lanes gives you approximately 12 to 18 months of a secured rate. But how do we forecast our wants via the economy? 
fuel not being an issue since most large customers have a pretty good surcharge. Sonia, this is a really, really good question. I wish I had a really, really good answer for you, but I don't. And the reason I don't is because we are looking at um, we're looking at financial issues that I've never seen before. I've never seen uh, inflation look like this because the last time it happened, I was a senior in high school. Um, I don't know, and we don't know when this inflation is going to end. It doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. So. All we need is one more month and we'll be breaking the records from 1981. I don't know when we're going to have to go back to find inflation numbers like we're seeing right now. We have a war going on that looks like it's escalating and that could be a big issue. We have supply chain shortages that don't seem to be going away. They seem to be getting worse. We have a southern border that is no longer a border and people flooding across. Uh, we have COVID issues and, and cities talking about mask mandates again. I, I don't know how to predict anything. So I would say that you don't try to predict where we're going, but you try to secure a rate that you know you can live with and, and get by on. And you're right, fuels shouldn't be too big of an issue as long as you're negotiating contracts with a, you know, a reasonably good fuel surcharge. But I, I, would, um, I wouldn't even try to predict right now. I, I, would just, I would just negotiate rates that you know are good enough with your operating expenses that you can pay the bills and keep operating. Let's see. From Darius, I have a question about donating blood. Am I thinking wrong? It's a great idea to give a pint of blood every two months for 16 months or so so that your body generates more clean blood and you kind of clean yourself out. Uh, There's some good thinking behind that, especially for males because males tend to build up iron. And the only way to get rid of that iron overload is to give blood. So, yeah, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. And, And we're doing good. We're giving blood, and it's needed. So, yeah, I don't see any problem with that at all. Uh, From Len, I need to replace three house batteries on a houseboat. They're not for starting. I have separate batteries for generator and engine. What would you recommend? Oh, if you want to be cutting edge, I would look at lithium iron phosphate. Um, Pretty safe as far as uh, fires go. Um, Safer than the other lithium batteries. They are a little expensive based on the capacity you're getting today. So if you want the best value, I would still just look at any good deep cycle battery. Uh, Glass mat, um, AGM, those kind of batteries are still probably the better value on the market. I I almost decided to switch over to lithium this time because I need batteries as well. I just don't think we're there quite yet. I, I don't like the, the cost of the lithium, especially for as many batteries as I have to buy. So I'm going to stick with uh, glass mat for probably one more battery cycle. Hopefully next time um, we'll be able to do it. Uh, Jeff asked, where am I today? I'm in Pittsburgh again. When am I heading back to Oregon? I have no idea. And will I be taking 80 and 90? Depends on the weather. Uh, I'm going to try to stay in warm weather. If I have to take the southern route... 
I have some people I'd like to go see uh, along the southern route, a couple companies I'd like to go visit. Uh, but if the weather's good, I've been gone long enough, I might shoot straight home. Uh, my travel plans are still up in the air. I've got some other things working as well. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. We are all out of time today. We will see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.